This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Bear Boat Alaska, a pure DIY hunting game with one of their 37-foot adventure yachts. You and five of your friends can hunt, fish, set crab pots, shrimp pots, and take DIY to the next level. Bear Boat Alaska is locally owned by a Ketchikan resident who lives here year-round. Call Larry at 907-617-4542 or go to bearboatalaska.com. That's B-A-R-E boatalaska.com and tell Larry you heard about it on this podcast. All right, welcome back to the podcast. I have Travis Thomas on here. Thanks for uh, being on here, man. Yeah, I appreciate it. I'm excited to talk with you. Yeah, so we uh, we met through, well, kind of, uh, through the social webs. Uh, a buddy of mine who lives in Skagway um, recommended I talk to you about doing some art. So the uh, OnStep Media logo is done here by by Travis. So uh, great work, man. How did you uh, meet Adam from uh, Skagway? Uh, <laughs> honestly, I'm not sure who referred him to me. It was just through Instagram. Huh? And I just got a message. I, you know, He was asking about doing some custom design work. And I was happy to do it. But I don't, honestly, I don't know where he got my info from. Oh, interesting. That's cool. Yeah. That's yeah, funny. That's funny, how, funny it how it works. Yeah. I, I mean, it's been said hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of times, the old days of don't meet people on, uh, online. And now it's been replaced as a great way of, of meeting and networking people. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I originally started just to get my art out there and do some more design stuff, but now it's just a giant time waster. So <laughs> I don't know if it's good or bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's true. That's true. So you are also a uh, a teacher. You teach uh, fourth grade, which is beyond anything that I could even entertain doing for a career. I subbed a little bit at the fourth grade level, but uh, how do you, how do you enjoy teaching? Um, most days I like it, especially once uh, summer rolls around. It's tough to beat, but yeah. Um, I mean, most days it's pretty rewarding. Kids are fun. They they don't hold as many judgments as adults. So I'm used to hanging out with a lot of pretty easy going kids. Yeah. And that was during, <clears throat> during the pandemic, I, I thought about getting out of teaching, but I never like entertained the idea. I never thought what the x-ray strategy was, was even though it was so horrible. Cause once things started to come back to normal, like, man, this is really a nice, this is a great career um, for all the yeah. things that, that a lot of other jobs don't have the feeling that purpose. And it's, it is very, very rewarding and all those cliche type things. Um, yeah. <clears throat> How did um, how did all that work out for you? Uh, getting into teaching, yeah, or the, uh, go, going through or the, the pandemic. Uh, actually, both. I mean, like, how'd you get started? <clears throat> how'd you stick with it and all that? Yeah, I mean, my my wife is a teacher. We have, I mean, I'm married, and we just had a little girl a couple years ago. But she was a teacher, and I was kind of going into. I was actually going to go into graphic design when I started college, and I started. I think I did a couple semesters and. I, it was okay, but I had quite a few people kind of talk me out of it. They all said, you know, people can do graphic design pretty much on their own with a lot of stuff anymore. And so kind of steered me away from that. And she was a teacher and my mom's a teacher. And so it was just kind of a natural, like, I guess, transition where I thought, you know what, teaching I think would be pretty good. And I actually was going to do art education. Mm. And I started to think that might be hard to get a job. So then I kind of moved into elementary education and being a guy, you know, I'm pretty marketable being a guy in elementary. So that's kind of what I ended up going into. And that's pretty fun. I mean, it's fun to teach, but 
COVID was, it's funny after COVID, I feel like there's been a lot of kind of perks and incentive given to teachers because a lot of parents that all of a sudden had their kids at home trying to get them online learning Mm. realized it wasn't very easy to teach their kids. Right. Yeah. So, but yeah, we shut down that school year and then the next school year we went back, but we had to wear masks, Mm -hmm. which was terrible. Trying to get a bunch of 10 year olds to wear masks all day. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was such an interesting I don't know. A lot of people thought of a lot of different things. And I think in in the wake of that, a lot more people looked at their career and thought, I don't want to do this anymore. I want mm-hmm. to do something in the outdoors. And a lot of people pursued their passions, which is, is really cool. But it reaffirmed just how cool and important it is to have a career that you don't want to escape from, or you're not looking for any reason or any excuse to leave. Um, did you see some similar sort of uh, panic of people that wanted to kind of readjust their lives uh, afterwards? Yeah. I mean, everyone, I feel like it was just kind of, you had that break and it gave people probably too much time to think about stuff. But mm-hmm. um, I, I actually liked the shutdown, but I don't know how many, how many kids were actually doing online learning, yeah. but yeah, um, it did make me you know appreciate when we finally went back to school. And I think the kids actually realized too, you know, school's not really that bad, mm-hmm. but there was a lot of good stuff that came out of the pandemic. Honestly, I feel like people kind of realized some things that they enjoyed a little bit more and maybe mm-hmm. some stuff that seemed a little mundane, but was actually pretty good once they got back to it. Yeah. It seems like right now is the best time ever to be an outdoors person because so many people pivoted a career or, or chased that, that passion or that side hustle and provided mm-hmm. some sort of product in that space. And now some of that stuff is a year, year and a half old, and it's been fleshed out. And so, mm-hmm. I mean, there's nothing that you could ever want um, that we don't have available. I mean, the, the technology as far as gear, the information about hunts, the, you know, artists, you know, everybody is just, yeah. there's so much stuff out there. Um, yeah. how, how do you feel about uh, how all that has benefited us as hunters? I mean, I feel like anymore, there's so much we have, so many resources we have that are good and bad in certain ways. But I mean, as far as gear and stuff, there's, I mean, there's never been better gear. It's crazy to think what people used even, you know, 20 years ago compared to now, Mm -hmm. especially with certain things like archery. I mean, the advances in archery and optics and everything, it's just wild. But I mean, it's, it's nice to have all the stuff we have now, but like I said, I feel like it's almost detrimental too, because if you want to learn something, Google it or, you know, get on various websites, you could find anything you want to know. Yeah. Do you, uh, do much of that? Do you do like just random research? Do you kind of have the hunts that you like to do? Or are you in a, I want to hit every state, um, you know, a whole bunch of tag stuff looking for every draw. What's your approach to the hunting? Um, I mean, the point I'm at right now, I, I've just hunted mostly, I'm from Utah, so I've just mostly hunted in Utah and just a few units in Utah pretty much my whole life. And I started out hunting archery for a long time. And then once I started teaching, uh, the rifle hunt here in Utah kind of fell on a better date. But I'm kind of at that point now where I'm ready to branch out. Um, I'm going to start looking at some other states. And um, my dad and I just went to that big hunting expo we had in Salt Lake. Mm. And I actually never really had interest in going other places, but for some reason, a hunt in Africa kind of piqued my interest. Yeah. I guess I don't know if it was price or 
what, but my dad is, he's getting a little bit older and he's kind of that point where I think he's starting to think he's ready to get out and do some more hunts before, you know, his health or anything slow him down. So I don't know. We're thinking maybe a couple years plan to go to Africa or um, start maybe hunting some other states and things like that. Yeah. I think at some point everyone has to come to terms with, with that. You can spend all your time at doing the local hunts and that's, mm-hmm. it's so great to just have that level of knowledge. And I've only been hunting for about yeah. 10 years and it's all here Southeast Alaska blacktail. And I just, I just love it. And the more people talk about coming up here to do like the hunt of their dreams, you know, the last couple of years, I'm <laughs> thinking, man, that's, yeah. I really need to really, really appreciate the fact that I get to go out, you know, 30, 40 days a year. Um, you know, to hunt for this, this, this thing. So it's, it's been a lot of fun to, to see that, but also, you know, going down to um, Wyoming for elk or mule deer with my wife, those experiences are so different. It's so much fun. Um, but you know, ultimately being on a teacher budget, it's not something that you can do a lot. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I feel like we're rich in certain things, but money may not be it. Yeah. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by big wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when I first heard that Mint Mobile offers premium wireless starting at just 15 bucks a month, I thought, what's the catch? But after talking to them and using their service, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they're the first company to sell wireless service online only. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. For anyone who hates their phone bill, Mint Mobile offers premium wireless for just 15 bucks a month. I was hesitant about having to get a new phone and a new phone number, but with Mint, you can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and keep your same phone and your same phone number along with all of your existing contacts. Mint Mobile gives you the best rate whether you're buying for one or for a family, and at Mint, families start at two lines. All plans come with unlimited talk and text plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Switch to Mint Mobile and get premium wireless service starting at just 15 bucks a month. To get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and to get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com slash waypoint. That is mintmobile.com slash waypoint. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash waypoint. There, there is the, the idea that because you have to sacrifice more, because you have to save or you have to do whatever that you appreciate it more than someone who can just throw money at certain things. Um, yep. Yeah, it's not to say that everybody who's wealthy and can do that sort of things. A lot of people really do sacrifice a ton, and they get to do a whole bunch of of epic hunts. But you know, if if money is no object, then there is no sacrifice, and so it just becomes a massive room of of heads on the walls. But I don't want to be one of those right. must be nice type people because you just got to worry about yourself rather than look at other people. Yeah, I agree. But yeah, I'd like to. I mean, I'm kind of that point now. I'm I'm thirty and feel like I'm kind of, you know, have enough to support everything and support my family and make some money doing the design stuff. So maybe, you know, start doing a little uh, rat hole fund and save up for something. So we'll see. You, so you're talking about this, this Africa thing. Did you, <laughs> I've never been to one of those expos. I, I, when I lived in California, I went to some of the fly fishing ones and the outdoors, but it was just kind of a, mm-hmm. you know, walk around and, you know, get a sandwich or this or that. But now it's like, 
it's changed a little bit. I've never been to one of those hunting only expos because it's just a lot of money to go down there for a weekend. It's, you know, travel out of Southeast Alaska is pretty rough, but, um, what was some of the, the, the highlights, I guess, or what would, what would be worth it uh, or the sales pitch you would give me to, to go to one of those outdoor expos? I mean, I'm lucky because I feel like that hunt expo has been in Salt Lake for a long time. So it's a 30 minute drive for me, but that expo has got, I mean, it's, I feel like it was blasted all over Instagram for the past week, but Mm. I mean, they have anything from gear to hunts to, I mean, they have the big, uh, drawing permits for the 200 permits, which is a pretty cool opportunity for a lot of people. But I mean, I went and I like to go and, you know, you can get your hands on a lot of the new gear Um, pack companies all have their new packs. You can look at tents, you can look at, I mean, boots, any, any sort of, you know, company in the hunting industry, I feel like has all their new stuff and the stuff they want people to see there. They have tons of uh, outfitters. If you were, I mean, the ultimate thing would be if you had a bunch of money saved up and you're, you know, looking to book a hunt somewhere, there's so many different outfitters there from African stuff to stateside stuff to, you know, anything in between where you could go and, you know, have a wad of cash and book a hunt and really get to know, you know, all the details right then. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's pretty cool. I mean, they have, I went two different days and I feel still like I didn't quite see everything, <laughs> but it's pretty cool. It's getting bigger and bigger every year too. It seems like. Mm-hmm. Did you end up buying anything? I know when you go to some of those things that the fly fishing one I went to, I didn't want to touch some of the upper end premium fly rods just because I knew I'd be tempted. <laughs> yeah. So it was like, Oh, that's a cool thing. But right. I never, I never went to the casting pond or anything like that. So, uh, mm-hmm. did you tempt yourself? Did you try on a bunch of stuff knowing you wouldn't buy anything or how'd you do that? Um, <clears throat> I mean, I tried on a few things. It's, it's weird. It seems like a lot of the vendors have gone to like, you can try on their stuff and look at their stuff there, but then you can just, just end up ordering it through them online. And they ship it to mm-hmm. you anyway. So, I mean, I tried on a few things just to see and, know see if i liked it i i bought um i don't even know if i bought anything honestly but looked at a lot of stuff i had quite a few people that had some of my designs on their t-shirts and stuff so i went and talked to those people but um yeah i don't think i don't think i even bought anything there in the two days i was there but tried out some stuff got some stuff on my list i want to get it yeah yeah i do that too sometimes if I try not to be an impulse buyer and usually I'm not, but there's something that a seed is planted. I'll see something and think, Oh, Oh, that's yeah. on, that's on the radar now. And then after weeks and weeks, if not months of, of trying to resist it, um, it ends up uh, getting the best of me sometimes, but sometimes I can also <laughs> just like convince myself that, Hey man, I've made it this, this long without, without it. So obviously I don't need it. Um, but other times it's, you know, something will break down or something will change and you know what, it's, uh, let's, let's revisit that and end up getting it. Right. Yeah, I, I agree. Some seeds were planted. There's a few things on my list now. So yeah. What's, what's on the list? Um, I, I've been getting a lot more, uh, like Kuyu camo and I'm a big guy. So some of their stuff, like I've got some stuff in the past I put it on and like, there's no way I'm ever going to wear this. This is a muscle shirt, but I feel like their sizing has gotten a little bit, bit more generous to guys like me. And I just tried on their uh, Kenai jacket. I kind of wanted a little bit lighter weight synthetic jacket, and I tried on their Kenai jacket, and it was it was about what I expected. It was pretty awesome, so mm-hmm. that's on my list. <clears throat> yeah, the fit ends up being a huge 
a huge difference. So you can't really go wrong. Sitka, Kuyu, Stone Glacier, like it, it ends up being like a fit, um, or, or just some little thing that people like, but man, it doesn't really matter, uh, as far as technology goes. I mean, they're all just, they're, they're so stinking good. Um, but yeah. yeah, it is interesting how much they vary or like what the model is. And if you can get either sub sizes or if things can be a little bit more personalized. And I think that's where some other companies are going where they offer a whole bunch of different type fits and mm-hmm. really being able to customize because, you know, hunters are, are, you know, long torso, short torso, big shoulders. Yeah. I mean, there's just so much variation and, you know, just people in general. So, you know, your yeah. Kuyu large is a, is like a, a medium XL for someone else. And it's just, it's just so crazy. Yeah. Especially with Kuyu, it's just online only. It's nice to get to, you know, something like the expo and be able to try some stuff on. So, yeah, <clears throat> I, I really dislike when people go online and they rate something based on how it fits them. So they'll give it yeah. like a, a two out of five <laughs> yeah. or a one out of five. It's like, dude, this is a one star because it's not that, it just doesn't fit you well. It doesn't fit you well. It might fit someone else perfectly. And so you're throwing off the whole one star versus five star thing just because you didn't like it. Or when people talk about it, they do that with shipping. Like the thing, oh, it shipped two, two weeks late. Well, that's, that's yeah. not, that says nothing about the shirt or the pack or whatever. That has nothing to do with it. And you're throwing things off. Or you're so excited that you bought something. You give it five stars before you even have it. So this looks yeah. like a five star pack or a five star whatever rain gear. I want I want rain, rain gear that works, and you five starred it because you you ordered it and it came, and you're so excited that you spent three hundred dollars that this thing could leak and it doesn't matter. Right, it fits you good. You haven't even taken it out in the rain yet. Yeah, yeah, that stuff that stuff <clears> kind <throat> of annoys me. Just give it give it a couple months and then uh, give a good review afterwards, right? Or or yeah. not. But I think you get the email prompt. Um, that says, Hey, review your purchase. So I don't know, there should be like a six month waiting period on that. Yeah, I agree. Do you look at a lot of reviews? Does that uh, inform your decision or you just kind of go based on what you have? I mean, there was a while where I was going, you know, going down a rabbit hole trying to collect gear. And I feel like luckily I'm at the point now where, you know, if I want something, it's not really a necessity anymore, but for a long time, I, I mean, I would read reviews and go on rock slide and, Mm you know, read as much as I possibly could before I'd buy something. But I feel like any more, you know, there's certain sources you can trust. I feel like Rockside, Rockslide's a really good source for a lot of the honest reviews of people that actually tried stuff and really put it through its paces. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. Certain things, if it's going to be pretty expensive, I'll read a lot of reviews, but I kind of feel like I know what I like anymore. Know where the, you know, what sources to trust and I don't do as much research now. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, um, do you go sale only or, uh, if something, uh, catches your eye, do you just go for it? Um, <clears throat> I'm kind of a sucker for a sale. I'm kind of a cheapy <laughs> too. My wife, my, my wife gets mad cause you know, I'll, I'll complain to her. I, I you know, I need some, I need some new hunting stuff. I need something. She's always like, I tell you to buy it. You never freaking buy it. <laughs> So I'm kind of a I'm kind of a cheapy tight ass I guess and just wait for a sale. But sometimes yeah. I'll buy something if it's not too bad. Yeah, I, I think you have to be. I think you <clears> have <throat> to wait for those sales. You know, inevitably, if a new camo pattern is coming out or or something is going to be updated, you're going to be able to get mm-hmm. a smoking deal if you just wait a year. And there's right. plenty of people who are going to you know sell the year old type stuff if you want to get used. I'm not a huge fan of of used things, but. 
Yeah, shoot, just be patient. You're going to get some sort of deal at some you know, 4th of July or Christmas or Thanksgiving or, or something. There's going to yeah. be a, so just be just be patient and you know, 5 or 10% is really not much. I'm looking for 20s, 30s, 40s. Right. Yeah. 40% I'll buy something even if it's not really something I need. <laughs> Marginal. Yeah, I I might not even need this, but man, 40% off. That's uh that's 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 pretty good. Mhm. What about the uh, content and stuff? Like what time, uh, there's not a whole lot of stuff to, to hunt around now. Are you just gorging on, uh, on YouTube videos? Do you watch shows? How do you, how do you deal with the off season? Well, sadly, the show I've been watching the most lately is Paw Patrol. Cause that's all my daughter wants to watch. <laughs> but, um, I mean, if I do get to watch something, it seems like I'll, you know, get on YouTube and search up I, i'm a sucker from mule deer that's my favorite mm-hmm. so i'll search you know utah mule deer whatever and just go down the rabbit hole of youtube and see you know the the latest hunts and you know half of them i've already seen but it, it passes the time enough yeah some people are so good at that storytelling you can just watch it again and again mm-hmm. and that's it's it's like a good movie you know you can watch it a whole bunch of different times and other times there's some stuff that you find that you think, man, how does this thing only have like 500 or 1,000 views? Like, this is legit. And other times you think, man, how does this thing have 10,000 views? This is <laughs> right. This is crazy. But there's, some, I mean, it's sad to say, but with stuff anymore, you know, Instagram and everything, I feel like my, my attention span is pretty short. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I start watching something. If I'm not real engaged, you know, move on to the next video, which is kind of sad because, you know, there's a lot of that storytelling and stuff you might miss, but anymore i feel like my this with media the way it is i move on pretty quick and find what i want to watch yeah i think if, if there's something that's that's formulaic it stands out so much more and it's just a ton of b-roll so the story doesn't even really start till you're about three or four minutes in and then mm-hmm. it doesn't really develop and so it ends up being like a half hour wait it could probably be done in like a really f- clean efficient you know seven to ten minutes and that's fine like i've seen some hunting yeah. videos where it you know, it's an hour long and it's shoot, like it tells the story and it's or 47 minutes, 47 minutes. And that's how long it, it took. The meat eater episodes are like 23 on the dot, but it's just an efficient yeah. quick. And then, you know, I think there was a go hunt one about antelope that was 15. They didn't try mm-hmm. to, didn't try to make it 23, didn't try to make it 47 or anything like that. I was like, yeah, this is the story, 15 minutes and, and it's good. And that's, I think knowing what you have and knowing how to tell the story is important because there is, like you said, so much stuff out there that all it takes is like a little, little formulaic or something that's cheesy or something that's too performative or something that's weird. And you're just going to click to the next one. Yeah. We are moving on. I agree. Yeah. Some, there's some, some of those go hunt ones I've watched several times. They're just, (laughs) I like a lot of their videos. Yeah. It's, I, I don't know. It's, I can't really put my finger on, on some of the stuff or why I like certain ones and why I don't like other ones, but right. yeah, they got some really good ones. Um, mm-hmm. and they seem like the type of people that you'd want to hunt with. Same thing with elk one one the Corey Jacobson and Donnie and, and right. they just seem like, yeah, you could hang out with those dudes and some other ones you yeah. just think, I don't know if it's the demeanor or what, you know, some of these really popular people that I just, I don't know, for some reason, just not as, as interested. And I, I couldn't really, I, I don't know. It just clicks yeah. and it doesn't mean that it's bad. Like just because I might not like it doesn't mean that it's bad or this person isn't good. It's just, I just don't prefer it. And that's, 
That does not mean they did anything wrong. It's just preference. Right. I mean, anymore for a following on YouTube, especially, it's like you got to post from what I've, I mean, I'm not on YouTube, but you got to post really regularly. And it's almost like, you know, they don't have the content, but they're still making videos. But yeah, some of those, I mean, those are the ones I skip, I guess. Yeah. As far as, you know, you're making content in the, uh, in the outdoor realm there. What, what about uh, with your art? I know you have to, it's, you have your, your, your career, but um, as mm-hmm. far as the art goes, like how do you deal with how much you're going to post, what you're going to share, how much you reach out to people, how much, like, how do you, how do you deal with that? I mean, luckily I'm not dependent on it for an income, but um, I honestly, I probably post once a week. I'll post stuff on my stories every, you know, every day, every other day. But as far as like a video or something, one of my time-lapse videos or something like that, I'll post about once a week. But it's just, I mean, I'm, I'm working on designs most of the time. And I mean, some of the stuff you can't really share until, you know, your client gets it and they use it, then you can share it. But um, I post about once a week. If I really wanted more of a following, I think I've only got a few hundred followers. But if I wanted more of a following, I'd probably be posting stuff daily and you know posting more videos and stuff. But I don't know. I'm busy enough right now that I'm not posting tons of content. But it's funny how some of the stuff I post is super popular, gets tons of views and a lot of likes for me. But other things that I think are really cool get like, I mean – I mean, no views at all. And I don't, I don't understand the whole algorithm mm-hmm. on Instagram and what's, you know, what's popular and what's not obviously, but there's certain things that I have on my page that I think are some of the coolest stuff I've got on there. And it barely has any views Yeah, and other stuff. I, I mean, other stuff I'll post and it gets crazy views. And it's not even my favorite stuff. Yeah. That's interesting. I, I, it's hard to get a pulse of what's going on, but it seems that, there's like a generation of people who got in five to 10 years ago in the social media, they have like 50,000 followers, 30,000 followers, so just a ton of followers, but not yeah. necessarily a lot of posts that have a lot of likes and some of the some really quality, I mean, I don't know if they're big names or they're just like big names to me, but they don't have a whole bunch of, of followers. And it seems like there's maybe a consolidation and there's a lot more value in a, a strong, robust following than in just this sheer number of tens of thousands of people, you know, most of which you're not even being shown in people's feeds um, at mm-hmm. all. So there's not that engagement, but man, it's just, it would drive you crazy if you're daily looking at or trying to trying to t- track and figure out and how do I do this and what's, what's going to be my content when they're talking about doing two or three posts per day to just get your name out there and just by yeah. throwing enough out there, something is going to hit, but man, I just don't feel like doing that. And maybe that makes me a, a bad entrepreneur, but I kind of want to just go to school do my job. And then when it's time to hunt fish and do that, and you know, if I can provide some insight and do a review or something, but yeah, yeah. I, I would, I would post almost every day and, you know, throwback Thursday and motivation Monday. And then I'm like, dude, I'm <laughs> yeah. just, I'm just posting these old memories, man. I don't really feel like doing this and you know, people do it and they show some great stuff again, do whatever you want, man. But I don't know. I just don't feel like doing that all the time. Right. Yeah. I saw this post. I don't remember who posted or anything, but it said the key to social media is go on, you know, a couple of good hunts a year and take a good pictures. Then you got content to post the whole year. 
because there's a i mean there's a lot of pages i follow i'm like yeah i've seen you know pictures from this hunt i don't know how many times they're just slightly different or you know a different angle and there's a lot of stuff i i get it you know you want to keep a lot of content going but i feel like you see a lot of the same stuff yeah yeah i think that can kind of backfire if you're the type of person who like there's 52 weeks in the year if you had one epic week i mean well what are you doing the rest of the 51 weeks of your life right i think the interesting people who are always doing something that's interesting i'm like man that that is a lifestyle that i want rather than just this person went on an epic hunt and Mm -hmm. took 35 pictures of the same dead antelope right you know and that's I think that the lifestyle, the the transformative lifestyle or that sort of, you know, you're getting after it in all, all regards. You're the type of person who doesn't have to wait for a hunting season to really have a robust existence. I think that's the thing that a lot of people are, are, are after. And I think that's the yeah. off season content. That's pretty fun to, to engage with on social media. Yeah. Maybe. So uh, how many projects do you usually work on per week or, or per month on this, this side gig? Um, it depends on the month. Right before that big expo, I was crazy busy. I think I did eight or nine projects in uh, December, trying to get stuff done before January. But most months, I'll usually do uh, four or five projects. I'll usually finish up one or two every week. Some of them are pretty quick. Some of them, there's a little more back and forth, you know, change this or do this. But, I mean, I do just depends. I have quite a few regular people that I do stuff for and it seems like I continually do more projects for, and then I'll get a few people sprinkled in each month. But yeah, most months it's probably five to six projects. Mm. When you were in high school or middle school, uh, during your English class, cause I'm a high school English teacher, were you the person who was in back just doodling the entire time or were mm. you drawing on your uh, free time? Um, in high school, I did some art classes. I took like AP art and stuff like that. We had a lot of freedom to do art. I mean, I was always doodling on something. Mm-hmm. But my mom was an English teacher. And so, <laughs> I mean, I had to, she was checking grades weekly. If we didn't have good grades, we lost a lot of privileges. So I, I usually had pretty good grades. Too. Nice. Yeah, that's good. Um, <clears throat> you hear people's stories in the outdoor space, and a lot of them talk about how they were their passions for hunting, fishing, and being creative in that realm were kind of beaten out of them because it was well, that's not a career. You have to choose something real, and so it seems like there's a lot of people who are disillusioned about the public educational system. Um, are, mm-hmm. Do you get that same um, same? I don't want to say vibe, but is that kind of what you've you've kind of seen too? People that aren't really happy with the educational uh, system based on their experience everyone's got an opinion right and a lot of people have opinions and they've never been in a classroom yeah you know since they were in school but it, it is kind of crazy now i mean i teach fourth grade so nine and ten year old kids and i mean you talk to a lot of them they're like what do you want to be when you grow up you know what are your dreams and it's crazy a lot of them are like i want to be a youtuber I or know. i want to i want to be a streamer i want to play video games and stream my video games yeah and it, it's so crazy and, it, and i mean i don't want to be that teacher that's like yeah you know good luck but i mean it's just like they're losing a lot of the focus on you know reading and math because mm-hmm. you know they have these other plants where that stuff doesn't matter yeah so it, it's pretty crazy i don't know with stuff the way it is anymore i mean like i said everyone's got an opinion parents are you know they hate the core they hate this stuff but it's like 
I don't know how many of them actually know what's going on in a classroom most of the time. Yeah. I was reading some stuff by uh, uh, Seth Godin. He he talks about the educational system as being preparing people for factory jobs of, you know, decades ago. And that's not really the reality here. And so, you know, just reading what some of the criticisms are has helped kind of inform me about how I can phrase language to make it a little bit more motivating or help kids re-engineer. So if a kid wants to be, they want to be a video game tester. I say, okay, well, what makes a good video game? And I can ask, I can ask these questions about good video games have good stories. So you have to understand a story, how a story progresses. You have to understand Mm -hmm. so that your feedback is, is, is beneficial to these people. So how are you going to articulate that? You have to be able to think, you have to be able to write, you have to understand story. And these are all journalistic things. So when we're reading of mice and men, you know, like you th- you should be thinking about story and language and, and all that stuff too. This is all relevant to your, your career potentially as a, as a video game tester or as a, as an engineer or trying to get kids to, you know, understand the marketing that comes with being a, a YouTuber and understanding and knowing what makes good content content and, and what doesn't, even though a lot of it is just luck. Um, but just trying right, to be able yeah. to rather than just say, Oh, that's not a real career. Cause that can be yeah. terrible for a kid to hear. Um, right. and not cater yeah. to them, not, you know, say, yes, oh, you can be anything that you want to be. Cause that's not true. Right. Um, right. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's, it's kind of, yeah, you gotta be creative. That's a good angle. That's a good angle to come from, from, I mean, the teacher's perspective. And I mean, I try and there's some stuff that I teach in fourth grade and it blows my mind that it's in the, you know, it's on our curriculum. Certain things I'm like, why in the world does a nine year old kid, you know, a nine year old kid need to learn this. But mm-hmm. I mean, like you said, I think that's a, a cool approach where, you know, making it valid and, you know, giving them some context of how they could use that kind of stuff. That's a good idea. I think that's the hardest thing about when I think back to when I was in fourth grade, I didn't know anything. Like I'm not even, I wasn't even a person. I was a human until like, you know, ninth grade. <laughs> so yeah. I'm thinking about, oh, the kid should know this, but I don't know at all. You know, what what's going to stick? I mean, right. it's just... Yeah, it's impossible to to know. And yes, it would be nice to get the kids off to a good start, but what do they what do they need to know? And some of the stuff is just so right. intense. I talked with my freshman about, you know, of mice and men and why, you know, it probably shouldn't be taught at the elementary and middle school level just because the kids aren't ready for that sort of stuff. You know, that's just right. You know, it's not censoring. It's just, hey, let's wait until we can have a mature discussion about this and discuss ideas and historical context so we don't get the wrong idea about that, but and then also right, the, the, some, the yeah. boundaries of school. Like, are we supposed to teach all the content, everything about health? And we should, should we have hunter safety courses and teach you how to drive and every morals and ethics and everything? Like, where's that line of this is on the parents and then this is, this is for teachers. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, uh, yeah, that's a whole nother discussion. I know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that, there's, yeah. Decision making, you know, well, what's a good choice in this situation? I, I go over that a lot with my students. <laughs> Is that the best choice? Was there another option? You know, that kind of stuff you go over that's not in the curriculum at all, but you just try and help them, you know, learn how to have some good character. Yeah. And a lot of, it's the same mistake over and over again. It just disguised just enough. I was having this conversation with my class today. I said, it's, it's usually the exact same thing over and over again, but it's disguised in just such a way. So you make the same mistake again. 
Like you didn't mm-hmm. learn from the original mistake because this new one, it's, it's the same sort of thing. It's, it's a lack of confidence on your part. It's a lack of impulse control or it's this person who's in your life that shouldn't be in your life. Like that just, it's so tasking. Sometimes I just want to come home and watch an elk video just because it's not anything to do with education or philosophy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This takes your brain away and gives it a break. Yeah. So what's uh going back to hunting since I took us down that little uh detour there. What uh what's on the the docket for this year for you? Um I'm hoping to get another so Utah has a cool program. It's called the Dedicated Hunter Program. And you can hunt the archery, the muzzleloader, and the rifle season. And it also lets you hunt we have an extended archery season. So it, it, I mean if you draw this tag, it almost lets you hunt from August clear till the end of the year, depending on what weapon and season it is. But I had that tag a couple of years ago, and I should be able to draw it again this year. It's just a general tag, but I mean, like I said, it gives you a lot of opportunity to go hunt and you know spend a lot of time out looking around. So hopefully, I'll get one of those tags. And I don't know. I'm looking at out of state. I don't know if I'll be able to get anything possibly in Colorado this year, but starting to look in other states. Um, maybe an antelope tag here in Utah, depending on what I put in for. Um, like I said, it's mostly been Utah for me, but I'm ready to start branching out. So maybe pretty much mule deer is my focus, but, um, this last year I had just over the counter elk tag and uh, I'd rather just go look at deer if I don't get a tag. So, um, mule deer here and maybe Colorado is kind of the plan for me. Nice. It's gotta be nice to be on the road system. Yeah. That's, a, that's something that living in Southeast Alaska, it's all islands. And so it's a huge hassle to get around just in Southeast Alaska, let alone, you know, fly up north for caribou or anything else. But <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, I mean, you're technically in the United States, but it's a different world up there. Yeah. That's yeah, fine. I, mean, I, what, I, jump, I jump in my truck and drive, you know, 20 minutes. And I'm looking at deer. So a little bit different. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice. I mean, we have deer right in the backyard but then if you want to go to a spot and we only have 30 miles of of highway so you can't get away from people if you want to get away from people then you got to go 20 30 minutes in a in a boat and then anchor and then sometimes you go to a little cove and someone else is already anchored there so you got to go to the other one or i mean it's it's a whole different uh whole different ball game pretty cool pretty unique but uh yeah sometimes it'd be nice to be able to just drive away from the people yeah, I mean that's I guess that's the opposite here. We got people everywhere. It seems like you're never. I mean, there's been a few rifle hunts where I've sat and glassed six groups of people from the same spot. Oh, deer, de- deer mingled in, which is kind of wild. But oh yeah, it turns into a little bit different of a hunt, but kind of way it is. Yeah, crazy. Well, uh, I got to get uh, get rolling on some dinner here, but uh, man, it was great to, great to chat with you. Thanks again for the artwork that you've done, um, and uh, yeah, hopefully I have some t-shirts uh, coming out pretty uh, pretty soon with your logo on it, and I'll send one your way. Yeah, for sure. I appreciate it. It's funny how we got connected. Yeah. I don't know uh, how we got hooked up, but... Yeah. yeah, I appreciate it. It's nice being on a podcast. This is yeah. my first one. Oh yeah, great job, man. You just got to chat. That's all yeah. you got to do. Yeah. We're... Uh, yeah, it's- where can people uh, find you on the on the Instagram and everything? So I'm just on Instagram. My Instagram handle is uh, Machine Thomas, um, and it's I mean, like I said, I don't post a whole bunch, but you want to contact me, get some designs or some artwork done. Um, I recently just started doing some more oil painting and some more traditional art too. So uh, check out my page for some of my stuff. 
Cool, man. Thanks. Appreciate it. And uh, good luck with the uh, fourth graders. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Good luck for you, too. <laughs> thanks. Take care, man. Yeah, you too.